ladies and gentlemen, it's the Nighttime Show, live from the Hollywood studios of the Improv in California. Tonight, the Nighttime Show welcomes our head writer, Matt Walker, our very special guest, legendary comedy writer of the Emmys, the Tonys, the Oscars, and the Star Wars Holiday Special, Bruce Valange. And now, the man who put your asses in those seats tonight, the star and host of the nighttime show, Stephen Kramer Glickman! <laughs> yes! I wish people oh, listening wow. could see the way he clenches his fists oh, when he does it, too. He's so, <laughs> Mike he's Black so, is great. Mike I have Black. to get pumped up to do it. Or You're a work. terrific announcer. <laughs> this is the most work I do all day. You're great. <laughs> You're great. That's, a, that's wonderful. Uh, we are so incredibly excited. This is a huge honor. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we get uh, some wonderful mm-hmm. guests on our show, but this is like an exceptional. <laughs> this is an exceptional wonderful. Oh, my yeah, God. This is an Good. exceptional situation having awesome. you here. I'm sitting here in the shadow of a Exploding Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. You should have. I, you no should. one ever got that worked up. <laughs> Ed McMahon made a tidy living and he never got that worked up. I'll have you know I burned 17 calories doing that. <laughs> that's the, that's the workout of the day. Yeah, that's right. really the Andy Richter diet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. he's, he's careful. He'll, he'll trademark it right away. Yeah, right. right after under your ass. As soon oh. as he heard that. He, was just, he got onto the website. That's right? it. I'm doing it. I found a way. Oh my god! Well, when we uh, when we uh, heard that we had gotten you for the to come do the show, it's a uh, it's it's such a huge honor for us, especially because you know, like there are uh, you know there are like we're all comedy guys and we love you know we sit around with a bunch of other comedy guys and we write mm-hmm. jokes and try to write stuff all the time. But I mean. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I've been doing it for a very long time. You've been doing it for a long time. And I you've been making have, people I'm... laugh, you know, for a very, very long time. And I want to go back to, uh, to uh, uh, like, your fr- the first job that you're credited for on IMDb. The first yeah. job that that you're credited for there is the Paul Lind Halloween special, no which kidding, really? I've seen. Yeah. All yeah. of us have seen yeah. that oh, special. It's, yeah. it's a great, yeah. it's a cult classic. It, it's I, great. It, it's it really one is. of my handful of cult classics. <laughs> but that Star Wars, which thank yes. you, thank oh, you for the for the God. shout out. Oh, we're talking Absolutely. about that one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and the Poland, Com- yeah, the Poland Halloween show. Was that was your maybe. first uh, actual no, job? What was your first no. actual job in Hollywood? Well, my. I was writing for a lot of different things, but I wasn't living here. I was living in Chicago writing for the Trib, and I was writing for things like Sunny and Cher, and I was uh, I was writing for comedians. But uh, what got me out here was the Manhattan Transfer. Mm-hmm. They really? had a summer replacement show. They replaced Cher. They used to do that on the networks where they, when oh. they had big variety shows. Mm-hmm. They would take the summer off, and they'd put a little variety show. So Manhattan <laughs> Transfer was, was uh, an act I'd got – I worked with because Bette Midler's dresser. I worked with Bette Midler for forty-five years, oh my God. and her, which is difficult because she's only thirty-six, but I'm <laughs> contractually obligated to point that out. But she had a dresser, uh, a, a woman named Fayette Hauser, who was one of the original coquettes. She was one of the few female members of the coquettes, and her brother started the transfer, Tim Hauser, the late Tim Hauser. Mm-hmm. And we put their act together, and and uh, Bette's manager came in, and Ahmed Erdogan came down and saw them, and they got a record deal, and they wound up doing this wonderful stage act and the guy who was running CBS at the time saw them and bought them as a summer TV show. Wow. And so I came out here to uh, to write that show because I had written their act. Oh, 
Oh my and it was God. totally bizarre because I don't know if you know the transfer, but it was like, you know, four kids in their 20s pretending they were big band singers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is in the 70s and there was a great nostalgia craze going on. So it was in no way relatable to anything anybody <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was, it was a real music kind of Greenwich Village sort of act. And, you know, we had... We we spent all the money on their costumes, you know. All those. <laughs> right. yeah. I think we went to Western Costume and raided the place, and you know, pulled out things Ginger Rogers wore. Oh my! And it was that. Oh. It was a great show. We had absolutely no money, so we had one guest every week. We we had uh, comics who were getting started. Gabe Kaplan. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. A very wow. up at, nice and up right. and coming guy. The David yeah. Brenner. Oh yeah. And then we had Jeez. two comics who were just get, getting ended. Um, the, <laughs> Carl Ballantyne, who was about 112. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, uh, and Professor Irwin Corey, wow. so we had real diversity, and we had no, the only we had no money for a music act, but um, Bob Marley and the Whalers had come to L.A. and nobody would put them on television. Oh my god! Really? Partially because they would smoke blunts while yeah. they were doing their, their <laughs> yeah, act. and sure. it was it was felt in 1975 that this perhaps was not the best thing to for the kids. <laughs> right. And, and uh, but we put them on, so it was it was amazing. Oh my I mean, god! Man. When you consider it was like Manhattan Transfer, you know, singing yeah. boop bop boop bop, <laughs> and here's Bob Marley in the back. Fabulous show! So that was my first show, and it was it was a a huge critical success, but nobody watched it. You know, we were on mm-hmm. opposite 60 Minutes. and Did you get to hang out with Bob Marley? Or? Yeah, yes, what absolutely. Like? I don't remember, <laughs> yeah. which is how I know I was there. Yeah. <laughs> because everybody was just absolutely, uh, you know, we were completely blotto. And uh, what I, the one thing I do remember is that he had two women behind him. And they were like, they had like Erica Badu uh, hair. Oh, yeah. Hair. They had like, I said, the laundry on their head. They, uh-huh. I mean, these gigantic uh, headdresses, which were, you know, the Jamaican kind yeah. of but that was where they kept all the ganja. <laughs> Just pulled them out. Yeah, and where we said, would you like another? And said, yes. and here comes, and she pulled it out of her hat. Wow. You know? said, this is amazing. And so you got a rabbit in there? And said, you, could, you, could do, you could do Carl Valentine's act. I like the presentation. Here comes. <laughs> That's all I remember is, is uh, it was we set off the smoke alarm at Television City. Yeah, uh, and we were yeah, and every, they came running from the Carol Burnett show, which was across the, <laughs> uh, across the aisle. Across the, you know, at CBS they have like yeah. four big and Bold and the Beautiful and Hung, yeah. in, hung in the Breastless or yeah. uh, the and then we were uh, the Price is Right was Match on, Game was must have been there too. And that's an indoor Match Game an... was no was uh, not at the time. Okay, at the time uh, it was someplace else. Although I did Match Game. A revival of Match Game. I remember, yeah. At the same at that same studio, yeah. That this is the, the CBS that's down the street. That's yeah, Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this Fairfax. is the that's an indoor. Uh, that's an indoor. It's all uh, indoors. All indoors. indoors. Yeah. yeah, this place is so. so cool. I know, it's like an it's like an old radio studio. You know that <laughs> that so was cool. became a, a television studio, but the the same shows were there. I mean that were that were, yeah. that were there. Price is yeah. right. They're best, that, yeah. except oh, for uh, Carol, and she quit. You know, she, <laughs> yeah. wow. We did Hollywood Squares actually there too. Did you really? Oh my god! On the same stage as Carol, who was uh, wow, because that's the only uh, studio that's got an actual dedicated theater, an audience. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. and so you've seen a million shows. Whenever you see like old TV shows and they cut to the audience, shot there, Mm -hmm. it was shot in that one place. They call Mm -hmm. it they call it the Jack Benny Theater because uh, he was the first one to use it and to shoot his show there. But Carol shot all of her shows and all of the. 
ironically, all the game shows that never show you the audience. Yeah. yeah. Except for Price is Right, where it's, come on down. So they're running, you know. Yeah. 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 And they also, you know, they get excited and they throw up. And <laughs> <laughs> where, um, now, you mentioned before we were on the air that you're from, originally from Patterson, New Jersey, Patterson, which New nobody Jersey? claims anymore. Nobody's claiming. No, it's, the, the place has gone full circle. The synagogue where I was born, Mitzvah, is now a mosque. No, it's wow. not. Is that it really? Is, that is as full wow. of circle as you can go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The yeah. synagogue, I, have, I was born, Mitzvah, that is now a church. And I, yeah. I tell wow. people that it's my synagogue church, Oh, uh, we've gotten you one better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've gotten you one better. They finally read better. the second half of the book. Is what right. happened. <laughs> they said, this is, yeah, we'll buy from the infidels. And we'll transform. But it's Patterson, which which was a booming town many, many years ago, has a reputation that just is it's totally tied into criminals. Oh. Hurricane Carter was mm-hmm. Patterson. Yeah. And um, uh, my high school principal, Jolton Joe Clark, with a baseball bat, was Morgan Freeman in a movie called Lean On Not oh, Lean yeah. On. Oh, is oh it Lean God. On Me? I think Lean On Me. Yeah. Lean On yeah. Me. Yeah, lean on yeah me. that was my high school, and it was uh, that was the story of, of, of what happened in my high school as, wow. as the city went down. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So it, uh, Patterson now, and now today, you know, today there was an explosion, which they said they had to go, they had to run to say, it was not a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad plumbing. The house blew up, but it's not a meth lab. Right. Because that's, that's exactly where your mind goes when you say, why this a nice little house blow Do you think up? they just have a fishbowl of excuses for not a meth lab? <laughs> yeah, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> what do we call it this week? A, a toaster oven. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't figure out what it was. What, uh, now, you've got to have uh, some funny people in your family. Family. Did you have funny, any funny relatives or people that were I, around you when you were a kid? Yeah, I, I did. My mother had fabulous timing, and uh, she had an, an uncle, my great uncle, uh, Mickey, who was a Catskills comic. He wasn't oh. successful. His name was Mickey Landau. He, would, he didn't do very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, their, their side of the family was, my mother's side of the family was hilarious. They were, <laughs> and they were all, you know, shicking each other. Uh, every family meal was, you know, more shtick. Oh yeah, like, so. <laughs> who who would tell the best stories? Uh, and coming up with, with you know, they all. Yeah, they, they, can you can you top this? They oh yeah. I mean, so I grew up in that atmosphere, uh, but uh, and, and that's where I think I got a lot, a lot of the time. I can feel myself talking, and I'll say when I, when I did hairspray. Yeah. Uh, and I became the woman, I became the mother. Yeah. And, and I put the makeup on the first day. I looked in the mirror and I said, it's my Aunt Pauline. Oh, <laughs> I looked, my God. I looked wow. so much like it because it's set in 1962. You yeah. Know? yeah so uh, it's, it's as I remember yeah. Pauline from that period. Yeah. Back then when women would go shopping and they'd wear white gloves to go to right, the supermarket. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God! How so much? Uh, I, I, yeah, when did you do? Uh, when did you? Do I did it about twelve years ago. I did it uh, uh, two thousand four and five. I did a year on the road. The first national tour. I played sure. the Pantages here for ten weeks, mm-hmm. and then after a year of that, they uh, moved me. After Harvey Firestein left, I went to Broadway and did it for a year. Oh, oh that's cool! And then it continued, you know, for another four years after that. Didn't we have uh, from uh, from the, the your from your favorite show, uh, Dear John? Oh, Jerry Burns. Uh, Jerry Burns. Jerry was Burns in. was in it, but yeah. I, not with no. me. He was. He played Wilbur. Yeah. And I think yeah. actually he played opposite the late great John Panette, yeah. who followed oh, yeah. me into the role. Great. And okay. uh, and George Went eventually did it. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't and, know George. Yeah. Went, Peter and Peter Scolari had played that part. Mm-hmm. With I played it with a guy named Todd Sussman, who's uh, wonderful, but uh, nobody knows him. I mean, he's basically a voiceover guy. Oh, okay. Mike Black was uh, was friends with uh, with with Panette. Yeah, oh, and Panette was uh, he was one. He talked about during when he was doing it. Yeah, he, uh, they made him shave his eyebrows. Yes, right. And that, uh, he that was like, goes with the territory. You know, he was like, it, I almost 
didn't do it just because of that. Because when you've shaved your eyebrows and you go out to the pool, yeah. everyone's like, out of the pool, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You know, Whoopi has no eyebrows. And when, yeah. I, when yeah. I told her I was shaving my eyebrows, she said, I got you covered. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you all the tricks so they don't throw back. Here's what you do. Matt, I forgot to tell you, I uh, last night I had a, a little uh, fireball moment. <laughs> Another one? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been I, having a lot of fun recently. They're and, a lot uh, of fun. They're great. I love the fireball. They really are. They really are. Glazer, you know anything about this, about these fireball moments? Oh, real fun time. Oh, they're so great. What happens is, is uh, when you drink fireball whiskey, then, you know, things just get a little uh, <laughs> crazier. Like, like life just gets a little brighter and mm-hmm. more exciting. So where were and, you? Well, I was at a Sportsman's Lodge. You know that oh, yeah. place? The you used old... to do stand up on a patio. Oh, God. Where you get heckled by buses driving by. Ha ha ha! Ah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what happened is um we were, I was there and I was hanging out, you know, just uh, just you know, relaxing. I had a couple of drinks, a couple of shots of fireball and uh I took a little wander around. I was doing a little little wander into this little forest behind Sportsman's Lodge. Do you oh, know there's, there's a, a forest, forest back there? Yeah, there's a forest over you there. You find so many weird forests in oh, LA. Yeah, there's it's a amazing. lot of forests. There's a lot of greenery out here. I'm wandering around through the forest. I'm having a nice little time. I have a bottle of Fireball mm-hmm. with me, as per usual. And I'm walking around, and uh, what do I see? But uh, I saw a fairy. Really? Yeah, it was just floating did, there. Did you, did you talk to it? What happened? Yeah, I was like, hey... Are you real? I'm real. I'm I'm just as real as you are. Wow, you're so bright. Oh, well, that's because I came from heaven. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. Is that where all fairies are from? Well, we live everywhere. Some live in heaven, and some live in the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that that's where they live. That's... So fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, so what are you doing out here in the forest? You having a good time? Well, I came for you. You did? Yes, well, I came with a message. Oh, you did? What's mm-hmm. the message? Little Mr. Glickman hopping through the forest, <laughs> scooping up the field mice and popping them out the head. You can't do that. Put down your fireball. Time to sober up. Oh, <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> hey, you want to... You want a quick? You want? Would, would you like? Hey, fairy, would you like a shot of this fireball whiskey? Yeah. All right, here you go. Try it out. Oh wow, that just goes right down. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> and then I made sweet, sweet love to that fairy in the woods. Uh, and, uh, 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 <laughs> it was the greatest experience of my life. Fireball whiskey. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. So, how did you make the jump from uh, from New Jersey to uh, to the big to the big leagues? Like, what what was the big uh, the big move? Then? You know, I, I was uh, a child actor. I was never a child star, or we'd be having this conversation in rehab. Right. <laughs> yes. but I was a child actor. I did a lot of stuff around New York, and uh, and footage long buried it outlived the jay leno show so he can never use it against me (laughs) but uh and so i was always in the theater i was always acting and my parents were scared because they thought i'd never make a living so they wanted me to have something to fall back on they suggested (laughs) newspapers 
Little did they know that they yeah. would all yeah. disappear. <laughs> They're all done. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> Show business is eternal. <laughs> Newspapers are gone. <laughs> so I, I got a journalism degree and a theater degree. And I went to, I wound up at the Chicago Tribune writing. And I, and I met Bette Midler and I started <laughs> writing for her. Oh, man. And um, then I began writing for a lot of other people who came through. Now, did Chicago. you know Gene Siskel back then? Yeah, I, I was the number two movie critic. I oh. was I was his his Roger was across the street. Mm-hmm. Roger yeah, sometimes. sometimes, and Gene was at the trib, and I was uh, the second string. You should mm-hmm. pardon the expression. So I got to review things like the world's greatest athlete. Yeah, <laughs> with Jan Michael Vincent in a loincloth. <laughs> so I had to see it several times <laughs> to make sure I appreciated all the nuance yeah. in the review. <laughs> Uh, and uh, pictures like that, I got to review, and yeah. I was I was like the I was the rock critic. I was I, I mean I was like the the kind of uh, uh, go to feature guy. I mean mm-hmm. anything that was kind of light and ridiculous, you know, I would yeah, yeah. I, I would get to, they sent me to be uh, to trade places with a housewife and to to uh, <laughs> you know it's called I was called Mister Mommy and uh-huh. uh, and then John Hughes, who at the time was an ad executive in Chicago at mm-hmm. Leo Burnett. Took it and turned it into Mr. Mom. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Michael Keaton movie came from yeah, that. Yeah, which he confessed to me one night. <laughs> some you flat out told you. Something he said, you know, I read that Mr. Mom column and I thought that'd be a good idea for a movie. I said, so did I. I couldn't sell it. He said, yeah. well, what can I say? Yeah, he, wow. he didn't confess and hand you a check. He just confessed. He didn't hand me a check. He didn't give me, you know, a, a quarter of, a, of an eighth of a point yeah. or anything like that. But I just thought it was nice that he said that. I mean, yeah. his, his thing was totally different, you know, yeah. from mine because. Uh, um, you know, because Michael Keaton played it as as a straight man, yeah, raising yeah. his own kids. But I, you know, I swapped. I actually had to move into the house with the husband and the kids, and she moved into my apartment. So you did that wife swap show. We did the wife swap. Exactly. Well before. Before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be more upset about that. Yeah, no. you didn't get any. That's of that a complete wife swap yeah. money. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Uh, yeah, now that I think of it, really. <laughs> just bad, bad lawyering. <laughs> Wow. Um, did you, uh, um, did you, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been hired many times to, to do punch up on things and to yeah. help make things funnier. Are I you allowed to talk about it? No, no, you, that's that part of it is you can't yeah. cause you, unless you're credited and you never get a credit on that stuff yeah. because, uh, uh, unless when you do television, um, when you do like sitcoms, you, you go in and you, you're, the, you're the, the Thursday guy, right. you know, where, mm-hmm. where they've done the network run through on Wednesday and they have spots where they have the, the bad jokes that don't work and they need fresh eyes to come in and come up with stuff. So, right. so I frequently do that. And, and then you get, you get some kind of a, a creative consultant billing or something like that. Have you that. done that recently? Are you doing that recently? Uh, not too much. No, not too, not too much because now they, uh, because almost everything is is room written. Either now, I I find that kind of stuff is that yeah. they. I mean, they have a core group of writers, and they that they, they, they do what they do, and occasionally they will, they'll say we need help, but they don't. You know, most of the time they're not working on the same kind of schedules that they used to. They don't have no. to uh, churn out as many episodes yeah. or anything as yeah. they used to have to do because it's gone from broadcasting to narrow casting. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, look, we got to talk about uh, on the Paul Lind Halloween special. Yes. Okay. Because is you got to <laughs> yeah. work with Margaret Hamilton. I did, mm-hmm. and Billy Hayes, and who Billy. was witchy poo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had all the witches. Wow. They were yeah. all playing. I think Paul's sisters. My God. <laughs> and uh, and Billy Barty is. Uh, Billy well? Barty was on it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Outrageous. Wow. Doing doing. Uh, uh, Billy Barty's joke. I worked with him on several different shows. Really? On every one of these shows, he would wait for a, you know some very tall showgirl to come by, and he uh-huh. would just 
look at her and say, I want to go up on you. <laughs> it, and it worked every time. I mean, they would fall down in gales of laughter. And, and then he was at that, or at that point, he'd been around for a long, long time, but it was, yeah. that, that was his joke. That's great. Um, yeah, he was on it. And uh, Florence Henderson, that, mm-hmm. that oh, notoriously wow, wow. plastic clown, Florence, she <laughs> she was on it playing Barbara Walters, don't ask. It was, oh. it was when Barbara Walters was anchoring the <laughs> yeah. news. Now, yeah. Kiss was in that, uh, weren't they? Yeah. Kiss, yes. It was yeah. the first television thing they had done. And we were all terribly depressed because they showed up with the president of their fan club, who was Ringo Starr's son. And really? the idea wow. that Ringo was old enough to have a, a son who's a big <laughs> right, yeah, kiss fed, yeah, depressed all of us, you know, who were like <laughs> yeah. teenagers when the Beatles came over. Anyway, so they came, and of course, Paul had no idea, you know, who are they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then they they came by that you know they had no makeup on and he was not impressed at all. Oh, and then and then we were then they got put got into yeah. the the whole the the slap like, dragon yeah. stink and they they ran <laughs> ran their number and I was sitting there watching with Paul and Gene Simmons came over and he was singing to Paul and he stuck his tongue out. You know, yeah. he had yeah. this legendary yeah. his legendary yeah. tongue. Yeah. And he just stuck the tongue out and Paul looked at me and said, He's a star <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god! Oh so my he was—he was just in love. He was just in love with him after that. <laughs> wow. Paul, yeah, Paul was—he could do more with nothing. I mean, he—he yeah. he, um, Roots had just been on. We were shooting it. And I remember that Roots was on, and it was a gigantic thing. Everybody, you know, had watched mm-hmm. it. Oh, sure. And we were standing outside having a cigarette, you know. And Paul was like in his Dracula outfit, smoking a cigarette. And Lavar Burton. Who was doing something else <laughs> on the on the lot? This ABC had a studio in Los Feliz, and he was walking by, and Paul had just you know, and couldn't remember his name, and just, and Levar Burton's walking over, and he, you know, pointing at him like, "Oh my yeah. God, it's Paul!" And and Paul says, looking at him, it says, "Rest." <laughs> <laughs> And it was uh, the first time the word's ever been said with like 16 syllables. Oh, my God. He was, uh, oh my God. And, they, and we had lunch in the commissary, and everybody would be in costume. You know, Margaret Hamilton would have the green makeup. And oh, my the, God. And Richie Poo and all that, sitting at this table with Roz Kelly. She was on it. Mm-hmm. She was an, actually an improv comic. who uh, She was Pinky Tuscadero. Oh, yeah, okay. Fonzie's oh, yeah, yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. 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 And she was she was on, and uh, and Tim Conway was on it. it was, oh yeah, it was wow. like Great. it was it was star studded. What was, was uh, Hamilton like? What was Margaret like? She was wonderful. She was old, and it was probably the last thing she did. Yeah. Um, but she was so sweet, sweet and lovely. And you know, she um, I guess it's no secret now. She led a secret double life. Really? Yes, yeah, she was a Lesbeterian. Mm-hmm. Really? And yeah, and uh, and so we bonded immediately oh, yeah. because I am one too. <laughs> but so uh, she she was just she'd spent uh, she'd had this great career. She never stopped working, but all people knew about was the, the it was fun. Yeah. So so when we sat down, I started talking about the other movie that, uh, that I love her in My Little Chickadee. Sure, mm-hmm. that's W. C. Fields and Mae West. Yeah, oh, wow. together and Margaret Hamilton is. Um, well, you know, she's playing an, another version of uh, Agnes Gulch or whatever yeah. her name was from The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like the town prude right. who, who wants yeah. everybody to, you know, to to toe the line. Uh-huh. And that was her, like, uh, her, her MGM character, although they shot that one at Universal. But, uh, and she just said, 
you know, wonderful stories about the two of them. And wow. and no, she never gets to tell them because no one ever asked about that yeah. picture. Sure. Yeah. They only asked about the Wizard of Oz. Did she talk and, about W.C. Fields? Uh, yeah. Well, she you know she told me all that. She said, "Now yeah, he was he was a drunk and <laughs> he hated the Jews. The and, things we already and, know. All the things yeah. I I wanted to know. I was like, right. where all does this where stuff. does this bitter humor come from? Oh, and she said he was just you know he was just horrible. But at the same time, <laughs> he, there was something brilliant about him. And yeah. then of course I started uh, asking other people about him because my interest was piqued. And he was quite a fascinating character the way he. Particularly because he was uh, operating, he and Mae West were both operating against the code, mm-hmm. which oh. was, you know, you you couldn't do certain things because there was the production code yeah. that all the studios adhered to. And he would find ways of getting around it. He yeah. would shoot stuff that he knew they would cut out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would say, well, you've got to cut this out. And he would then say, well, if you let me, uh, if I'll cut it out, if you let me keep this other thing, oh, okay. which is what yeah. he really wanted at the yeah. end of the picture. Cause he knew, right. he would never, I mean, for example, he had, there's a, a, a fabulous outtake from the bank dick. The Academy has a whole bunch of these things on, in a, a, in a vault um, where he's sitting in the front seat of a convertible with a yeah. very pretty girl. And she's squirming <laughs> and she's saying, he says, what's the matter, my dear. And she says, she says, she says, um, she says, I'm so uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, she like turns, and this cat jumps up <laughs> from under her and lands on the dashboard. Yeah. And Field says, no wonder you're uncomfortable, my dear. You've been sitting on your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He, this was never going to be in the movie. Wow. It was like, 1935 he, or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, Filmed my it. God. <laughs> because he wanted oh another God. another kind of joke that you know, he, he wanted to get into. Get into and, and and his whole career was full of these kinds of things. And I sort of oh, have to say, man. I mean, I always was a fan of his. Uh, probably I wouldn't have liked him personally, but yeah, uh, yeah. sure. But he he sure knew. <laughs> He, he, knew, he knew how to rob a bank. Yeah. He really wow. was. Wow, man! Oh man, that is brilliant. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, did you um, did you spend uh, did you spend a lot of time with Paul Lind? Yes, I over did. The years? I did. Well, because initially. What happened was uh, he was on Donnie and Marie. I was mm-hmm. writing the Donnie and Marie show after yeah. the triumph of the Brady Bunch variety hour mm-hmm. right. with Florence Henderson, and uh, uh, which we called One to Neil and Seven Captains. <laughs> oh, my God. Did wow. I say I have, very, very I have their reference. album of them singing? You have the Brady Bunch. Oh, they had an act. They had, they, like, they had like four albums. I have one of them on my MP3 player, and it comes up every now and then on random play, and it's yeah. just like... I can't like I want to skip it because it's bad, but I'm just like I I have to listen. It's it's uh, too good. Yeah, I know I, I joke about it, but you know they 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 did have some talent. I mean they they we <laughs> yeah. joke that they had none, but like uh, Marie McCormick is on Dancing with the Stars right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, she, and she's killing it. And uh, I mean they you know they, they the the younger ones were not singers and dancers, but they had like two or three of them. Who were you actually, friendly yeah, with most of their? Yeah. Most oh, of absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, after that, I did Donnie and Marie and. Uh, what had happened was Paul had had a uh, a sitcom, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it opened huge, and then proceeded to f- tank. Died. It died, and they canceled it, and they put him on Donnie and Marie, and they paid him as if he was the star of the show. So oh, he was wow. very ha- yeah he was miserable but happy about that. And uh, I was writing, and I started writing for him, and he liked that, and so he would uh, he was doing uh, Hollywood Squares at the time. Mm-hmm. He was the center square, and. They would shoot it at night at NBC, and as we were leaving uh, our KTLA where we were shooting, he would grab me and he would say, come with me to Squares, I haven't got shit. <laughs> and and we'd, we'd get in the car and we'd write 
jokes as we went over there. And so that was, I was involved with Hollywood Squares without really being involved yeah. with Hollywood Squares. Oh my God. So, yeah. So I, I did not, I, you, you, I mean, you know, the most amazing thing about Paul is that he's been dead for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, he died like in 81 or something like that. And we still talk about him. And he had no idea. He thought because the guys he'd come up with, like Woody Allen and Mel Brooks, were huge movie stars. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he yeah. was not. He would be in a picture with Rock Hudson and Doris Day. Right. Yeah, but it, there was no Paul Lind movie. Yeah. And so he yeah. thought that he was kind of, you know, a failure. And he, he was a drank a lot and he would have uh, one drink he'd be hysterically funny and then two drinks it would be like the meeting of the Wehrmacht before they went <laughs> oh to, my God. you know before yeah. they go to Stalingrad yeah. it was it was that I mean he was uh, gloom and awfulness and so it was hard to hang around him I mean yeah. I, I didn't envy his close friends because they uh, he was a heavy load he was abusive and uh, crazy and all of that but if you could if you could maintain him on the one cocktail then mm -hmm. he yeah. was truly hilarious and brilliant and funny and then the second drink would kick in and you know yeah you jew fag this is funny it'd be hard not to laugh while he's well that's the, that was the other that voice is funny that was the yeah. other the, the yeah. voice itself was just hysterical. <laughs> i mean but and he was he annoyed him i think that he was a flavor you know that that yeah, yeah. i mean all you needed him to do was to come in with one line and, right. and that's it. Brilliant. But that's not the person who, who carries the show. Right. Yes. And oh, whenever man. you try to do that, then you get it. It just doesn't seem to work. Yeah, I think yeah. same thing kind of happened with Charles Nelson Riley. The same kind well, of thing were, where he's yeah. got that similar. They were similar. And then on, on the female side, Alice Ghostly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, there they were strong supporting characters who would come in. I mean, even, you know, Tony Randall had a, had yeah. a run at that kind of thing, too. Uh, but was, it, with Paul, it was acute because he. It was a lot of that. It was mm -hmm. that delivery, that one delivery yeah. that was so, that was so genius. Did uh, did most of the Hollywood community at that time know that he was that he was uh, a gay man? Or oh yeah, everybody. Knew. Everybody. Knew. I think most of the audience. <laughs> Dude, did you know? know I we yeah, did but, we but, did a tour. We uh, when the show went on hiatus, we did a tour uh, with uh, uh, Paul and Mimi Hines and Waylon Flowers and Madam, sure. and we put mm -hmm. the show together and we toured it to all these summer stock theaters and state fairs and things like that and paul was basically the mc of of the show right. and that he would he would swan around the stage in a in a gold lame caftan <laughs> you know and take questions from the audience and and every now and again somebody a woman would say are you married oh. and he would just oh, yeah. look and say Lady, do you live in a cave? <laughs> <laughs> well, my because everybody my, knew, but in the, at the time you never acknowledged that. It sure. was like yeah. it was like probably uh, in your own families you had the confirmed bachelor, right? yeah. uncle who nobody ever really talked about. But when it came up, they would say, "Oh, he's a confirmed bachelor," and the, yeah. and they would change the subject. My grandmother uh, would talk about Liberace and how well, yeah, they, they, someone should try to find uh, <laughs> a nice yeah. for him. And, well, you know, you know I, I mean, people think that that's bizarre, but truly, when you look at it, he was so over the top right, that yeah. I'm sure real people thought this is an act, right? Yeah. and mm -hmm. he goes home to the wife and the kids like every other clown. <laughs> right, of course. You know, yeah. like, like the guy from the Ringling Brothers doesn't yeah. sit at home except on The Simpsons <laughs> in the yeah. full makeup. Right, you know, yeah. they figured this is what, this is his act. Yeah. Like it's Milton Berle's act. Yeah, show, yeah. Flashy, yeah, yeah, yeah. showbiz. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and in, in that period, He's a when, when gay people were not visible, right. when, yeah. when we kept ourselves, you know, under the, the radar deliberately, yeah. um, uh, 
it was a natural assumption that this was something that he had put together just for show. Yeah. And so it would now with our a change in perspective people say how could they not know about Liberace <laughs> yeah. I mean he's, he's so, such a flamer yeah. but they, yeah. that, that was his act it was you know is it a better do you think it's a better world now well yeah I think everybody can be their authentic selves and, yeah. and uh, um, I mean it's it, I don't know I mean you can still uh, it, there's no shortage of people being over the top and crazy yes, and, and, and all of yeah. that so but I I, I mean it's it's you don't have to live in a cave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. When, when God. you come off stage, you can be who you really are. Yeah. That's the best. That's, yeah. I love that. Um, we got to talk about a Star Wars Star holiday Wars. special. Holy God. Uh, really? Okay. Was, even though it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far. <laughs> How involved were you with this project? I was one of the writers. I was, oh. There were like th- a f- four of us, maybe. Oh, Pat Proft God. was one and Lenny Rips, the legendary Lenny Rips. Uh, was another one, and uh, Kenny Mitzi Welch, who was songwriters, who wrote a lot of the Carol Burnett stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they were we were all writ- writers on the show together. It was George had had uh, George Lucas yeah. had uh, uh, the, they'd made Empire Strikes Back, but it hadn't been released yet, and he wanted to keep something on the bubble. He wanted to keep the whole okay. idea on the bubble, and he had these ten stories that he had written. And he told me at one point, he said, well, I'm going to make six movies. And he made three and quit. And then 30 years later, made yeah. three yeah. more. Yeah. But he, he said, uh, and he, but he sold all the stories into other formats, uh, a novel and a graphic thing. And, and he had one story left and he sold it to CBS as a variety special. Oh my God. And this was, uh, unfortunately, wow. the um, lead characters were the Wookiees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the unfortunate part of it is that uh, they look like me, but that's not as unfortunate as they speak no known language. Right. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> which is, hi, honey, I'm home. So uh, uh, I say they sound like fat people having orgasms. <laughs> Trust me, I know. It's very oh. accurate. So we had, to, we had, there's no dialogue. So we had other people, you know, we had to bring in guest stars and they would talk and they the would answer in subtitles and they translate yeah. and all that. <laughs> so, and that was, that was, they were the yeah. lead character was they, wow. they were all uh, uh, chewy and, um, Han Solo and Princess Leia were, uh, and and uh, Luke Skywalker were in the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. trying to get back to the Wookiee planet for Life Day, the Wookiee national holiday. Of course, <laughs> Life yeah. Day, Life Day. Yes. And uh, and then there was a song that George thought Life Day. He thought it would be like Festivus. Did he get back to Cash? Right. Who wrote the Life Day song? Uh, well, uh, Ken and Mitzi Welch wound up writing writing it, as I recall. Yeah, they were they wrote it. And there was um, Chewbacca's family back home. It was Chewbacca, Chewbacca's family on the on the planet, which was like treetops. They yeah. all yeah. And it was it was uh, uh, Mrs. Chewbacca, who nice. was kind of like a fried blonde Wookiee, <laughs> and uh, and little Chewie, and and Grandpa Chewie, who was a silverback, a silver-haired Wookiee. Yeah. And and they all had fantasies, and we got to see what their fantasies were. Sure. And uh, Mrs. Chewbacca's fantasy was uh, uh, Julia Child, who was Harvey Corman as an alien. <laughs> <laughs> with, with cooking with seven arms oh, and little shit. little Chewie's um, fantasy was uh, Cirque du Soleil, which had just started. It was the first time they were ever on television, so it was one of their simpler oh, acrobatic things. Cirque yeah, they were the actual, wow. The, the uh, director was a Canadian, and he brought them down. They were friends of his, so he Man. brought. He, they were just <laughs> I, at the beginning, yeah, I remember that. And uh, and uh, uh, Grandpa's fantasy was Cher, but Cher couldn't do it. 
uh, at the last minute, she had something she had to back out, and uh, <laughs> Diane Carroll did it because she fit into the costume, <laughs> and they were the same size. And uh, so it was the first uh, interracial, interspecies yeah. fantasy sequence on network television. Oh, where's wow. Where's our parade? Yeah. <laughs> and so we had also uh, the little Wookiee liked uh, Jefferson Starship, so they were on. Of course. Yeah. Of, course. of course. We built course. this city. <laughs> what a city. What is going on? It's a giant forest. There's but the no best city. was we, uh, the, the uh, Millennium Falcon stopped at, on Tatooine yeah. with, to the cantina. Yes. Right. And, the, yeah. and all the aliens were at the cantina. And uh, we made it a musical number. And the cantina was run by B. Arthur. Yes. Oh, yes. It's the greatest yes. thing yeah. ever. Right. And she wanted to sing uh, the Alabama song by Kurt Vile. <laughs> she said, this is my Brecht Vile song. I said, no, it's your Vile Brecht song. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, it, it didn't work out. We couldn't get the estate, you know. Bertel Brecht's estate said, we, he didn't write this song, so B. Arthur should, so Maud, she was Maud. Yeah, Maud so yeah. Maud, Maud should sing, sing it to it. a bunch of aliens. <laughs> that was not Bertolt Brecht's intent. I love the curator of the estate the, yeah, yeah. saying that. Having to look, the, can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> They're sitting there in Berlin going, yeah. Ach du liebe Schatze, was ist das? Oh my God. Nein, Chewbacca. Nein, Chewbacca. Nein, nein, nein. <laughs> oh my God! Was Lucas around a lot? Uh, no, or? no. He well, at the beginning in the development, he pretends he wasn't around. But I remember him being. <laughs> he was, I remember him being in the office. No, well, he lives up, you know, in Marin. But he was, uh, he would, he was down here specifically for this, just to see how it was going. But he, uh, uh, after a while, he kind of like took his hands off it because his uh, his directorial pick didn't work out. He was. Uh, brilliant director but he'd never done this kind of thing yeah. and it was a huge uh, production and he was shooting it like a movie and it's hard to to shoot a variety show yeah like oh. a movie and, it and just, b arthur is a bit intimidating too i'm well, sure so. yeah. you know it's like directing the statue of liberty yeah I mean, <laughs> put down the lamp and cross over there uh, oh my god she uh uh but also he wasn't you know her style i mean he wasn't yeah, yeah. You know, it, and she was trying to do the comedy, but she wanted the thing to be dramatic too. And oh. you know, so real the reason she did it was um, she wanted to sing on TV because uh, at the time she was Maud, and Maud mm -hmm. was a big hit. But before that, she done Broadway. She yeah, was, she was in the Fiddler original Yenta and Fiddler on the Roof, yeah. and yeah. the original Vera Charles and May. And so she wanted to do a number, and nobody ever wanted to sing. And as a result of this thing, she wound up doing a, a network TV special where she sang, wow, which I, which cool. I didn't mm -hmm. get to write, and I and uh, I'd love to get my hands on it. <laughs> Oh, somewhere man. around yeah it got it got buried the star wars thing what happened was um somebody taped it and and when the internet happened yeah, yeah. they posted it because you know star wars has always been an internet yeah. a fanboy thing yeah and this generation of people who had didn't who never saw the star wars movies in the theater grew up watching it on on Steve, you know vhs mm -hmm. and sure, stuff like right. that uh found this special on the internet and they said what the? <laughs> yeah. How could he have done this? And yeah. you know, and and so it became like this legendary. Uh, yeah, sort of I mean, thing, yeah. before there was a, a, a Twitter rant. I mean, it was there'd be like emails everywhere, and people. Go, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I would get all these calls saying, "How did this happen? You were a part of it. Your name is like, how did this happen?" <laughs> well, you know, they, they, there's a religion of Star Wars people, from and they and they they felt personally betrayed that <laughs> something like that had actually been done with with their saga. So much yeah. worse has been done though. Oh, the Ewok yeah. movie.
movies. Oh well, Jar Jar yeah, Binks. Yeah, well, but this was all pre. Then he did the other three, and yeah, what and, was, and Jar Jar appeared. Yeah, what was the the response from the Star Wars <gasps> holiday special in '78? Like, what was the response then? Then it was a big hit. It, it was aired Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> on Friday night, and it was a big success. The numbers were fa- were fantastic. But the, yeah, that was like a three network universe yeah. back then. Yeah, maybe. Fox was even on the so four. I had the Boba Fett cartoon in there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that, that part was right, that debuted Boba Fett, and that and that and that became the the but the most positive thing from it. Yeah, and it became a I guess a Saturday morning show. Uh, but uh, the reviews were ridiculous. I mean, the, the, I'm sure the, the critics <gasps> thought it was insane, and and said probably was uh, uh, they correctly said it was done by people who were stoned out of their mind. <laughs> and we were. I mean, it was the 70s, you know. Carrie, sure, Carrie, yeah. Carrie Fisher was, uh, wanted to, to uh, do the life song. She wanted, she, she wanted Joni Mitchell to write it. And so mm-hmm. she called Joni Mitchell and asked her to write the thing. And Joni Mitchell said, ah! Because <laughs> she's laughed. Yeah. She laughed up there, too, just like she's saying. Wait, uh. <laughs> right. And so, um, and Carrie wound up, I think she does wind up doing it on the show, but but she was like, I used to joke that she and I were snorting the sweet and low. <laughs> we were we were just you know we were kind of gone, but that's what we, what we did in, in the seventies. It Didn't was, uh, it's not a secret. Just sing the Life Day song recently. I really? I believe. I'm amazed. I believe so. Recently, I'm, she sang no it kidding. at like an event. Wow. <laughs> I wonder why. Positive. I think it was mm. for something with Star Wars, but I'm pretty uh, well, sure. It would be odd there. because George, you know, if you mention it, he turns pale. He oh, does. Yeah. He yeah. wants. He wants nothing. To do with it. he doesn't want it to go anywhere near his Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Well, he's, for he, a while, like you mentioned it being on the internet. He tried to while, wipe it off. Oh, he it tried would to wipe it off. For yeah. like five minutes yeah. and then gone. He had you know? yeah, now he has bots who are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it. Used to be people who had to do that. Well now it's bots. It was one of those uh cult I mean, that that is a cult, you know, hit oh, yeah. piece. And same thing with the with the Halloween special. Are there other cult <laughs> hit things in there that you've done that Oh <clears throat> not of, of that enormity. Uh, the Brady Bunch variety hours, I, I consider that to be. Absolutely. We like yeah. that because when the, uh, when the Brady Bunch movie uh, and its sequel, uh, a very Brady sequel, mm-hmm. when they were made, you know, they were parodies of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they were you know, big hits and they were funny, but because <laughs> – <laughs> because they were big hits, Lloyd Schwartz and mm-hmm. his father yes. Sherwood. Yeah. Yes. Who controlled the Paramount Brady Bunch, the original series, yeah. um, uh, had, had always embargoed. They didn't want anybody to, to, uh, to see the Brady Bunch variety, and they, had, they controlled the underlying rights. They let go of the underlying rights mm-hmm. so that Susan Marty Croft, who did the Brady Bunch variety hour, could sell it, and it showed up on Nickelodeon. It was all it was all Paramount. Everything was Paramount. Mm-hmm. Right. So Nickelodeon's owned by Paramount. So Paramount, uh, the, the, Nick, the show showed up on Nickelodeon. Sure. And uh, people began calling me up saying, dude, I was watching this thing <laughs> last night and your name is on it. And it's like, it's like the Brady Bunch and the dad's in a dress. And he's, <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing like like a Gloria Estefan number. And, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, we put him in drag because um, Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Allen used to write the the Gary Moore show, and Gary mm-hmm. Moore was was not a funny guy. He introduced Carol Burnett. That was what he's remembered for. But he was a game show host, one of the all time greats. Yeah, by the way, he had a he had a variety show, and and he had a sidekick, Derwood Kirby. Mm-hmm. whose son is Randy Kirby, who you may know, who's a, who was a stand-up and may still be. 
uh, and Derwood Kirby uh, and Gary Moore, they just weren't, you know, funny together. Sure. But they were the two, like two stars of this variety show, and Woody was on the writing staff, and they would make him write sketches for the two of them. And if, he said, uh, I said, how did you survive doing that? And he said, well, I put at the top of every sketch I wrote, Derwood and Gary enter wearing dresses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and they never would he said i knew they wouldn't so they cut it out and when they would do the sketch and it were bombed i would say well you didn't wear the dresses <laughs> <laughs> it was right there at black and white on the top of the page that so I, I, took the, I took that you know I, I was a mentoring moment and i yeah. said okay i'm gonna put put him in a dress i'll put when, when you don't know what to do with somebody with some awkward straight guy put him in put a, him dress. a dress yeah. there you go. and Absolutely, it, it wins every time. I, did it, I put Andy Williams in a dress. Oh, wow! At the Moon River Theater in Branson, Missouri. <laughs> wow! <laughs> My God, did you really? I did. Oh yeah, he came out and did a whole Latin number. It was the Karma Miranda number. <laughs> Wow. With a fruit, a fruit basket on his head and all this kind of stuff. The whole and thing. The whole thing. And then one night I was watching the uh, the Tonight Show and Mel Gibson was on saying, I was just in Missouri and I saw the Andy Williams show and he came out in a dress. <laughs> and that's when I thought, something's wrong with Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do. Yeah. yeah. That, that might have been what sent him over the edge. My friend could be my, the first lethal weapon clue. Yeah. <laughs> No. But yeah, I, so Robert Reed, we put in the dress. Uh, we put in a dress, and actually, we couldn't find a dress uh, that fit him. We and finally, they found one at the Western Costume, and it was. Um, I looked on the inside in the armpit. It had Tony Tennille. Oh, wow. it was her dress. <laughs> wow, because she was very tall. Yeah. Tony sure, Tenniel. yeah. So, and so if, then we. We, we ransacked Tony Tennille's wardrobe. <laughs> I said, we have nine of these shows to do. We need a lot of drag for him. Oh, how That's, was he to work with? He was uh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he was just terribly, terribly uptight because he was gay and, uh, and uh, was, you know, he was Papa Brady. And mm -hmm. at, at the time, it was something that could just like, never get out. And he also was uh, in, in kind of a terminal confusion because uh, he had made his name on a, a very serious lawyer show called The Defenders mm -hmm. with E.G. Marshall, and it was uh, it was like uh, L.A. Law later, or like uh, I don't know, like Scandal, or what? I mean, one of these lawyer the shows or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a serious thing. It won lots of Emmys, and yeah. he was the young partner in the firm, and he was he was always getting uh, awards for dramatic. So he was on that dramatic track, right? And then sorta. one thing or another happened after The Defenders, and a, a bunch of shows after it didn't pan out. And so when they came along and they offered him this comedy thing, he took it probably yeah. for the money. And it became a hit. And suddenly he was the father, a sitcom dad. Mm -hmm. And that was never what he wanted to be. And he was never really comfortable doing it. Interesting. And he, but he adored these kids and uh, they came, they all, you know, were like childhood kids. They all had stories. And I mean, they were show business kids, but they had family behind them. And, and there was nobody saying to them, do this, do that. I mean, nobody really taking up, he felt he had to make sure that they weren't exploited. Wow. So he was quite well, cool. he was quite a guy. He was quite a guy. But Lloyd, was, a, and again, you know, he couldn't live who he really was. So. Yeah, when yeah. we had Lloyd on the show, he 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 said they were not friends. Like Lloyd was not friends with. Well, with, you know, he wasn't he wasn't warm. Yeah, you know, yeah. he yeah. had. Well, Lloyd's a, certain, a strange character yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. yeah. That's true. But uh, uh, I don't know. Well, Sherwood was running that show, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he, yeah. was he yeah. off doing Gilligan's Island? Or no, was no that... he was he was running the show, and then yeah. uh, Lloyd so was in Lloyd charge was the of the Lloyd started as the 
dialogue coach for the kids. Yeah, he and was, then worked into well, that's probably production why. he role. was the heir apparent, and and uh, that's probably why they. That's probably. But he was a complicated guy, Bob, and um, yeah. I mean, I did like him a lot, but but uh, he was. He was he was not comfortable in his own skin. I get yeah. that. I totally get that. Um, okay, now, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> yes, we're gonna switch yes. gears for a second. <laughs> All right. Tony Awards, Emmy yeah. Awards, oh, a lot of that, yeah, and the Academy oh. Awards, the Oscars, yeah. the you, World Music Awards. You, the world. <laughs> By God, oh, done them all. It gets it really. I know it gets the better Cable than that. The Ace Awards, the Patsies, given to animals. <laughs> the the Comedy Awards, the Annies. I did um, the comedy. I did the Comedy Awards. <laughs> No, I never did a kid's choice because I'm allergic well, to slime. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, I know I'm a slime target. So it's like, yeah. How how long have you been writing the Oscars for? Well, I did 23 years. Oh my god! Do you still mm-hmm. write on the Oscars? I do. I write. I don't. I'm not on the staff of the show. I do. I contribute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I did uh, 23 years straight. You should pardon the expression. But, um, <laughs> for before, <laughs> before, before there was a change yeah. of, of re, a regime change at the academy. What about the, what like, about the Emmys? Same same. Thing? I've done uh, maybe eight of them, something like that. Mm-hmm. Eight or ten over the years. Long. I mean, for a long time, and and the same with the Tonys. Same with the Tonys. Who's and your favorite Grammys. host to work with on those? Whoopi? Well, um, well, I love her, and she's mm-hmm. terrific. I mean. I, I, to say I have a favorite, I was uh, my my favorite conceptually was Steve Martin because he's so mm-hmm. brilliant and yeah. and because he uh, well they were all they're all pretty fearless you know that but, moment but uh, it's, with- it's Steve Whoopi Billy you know those are the yeah. those are the ones that moment with him where he he busts Danny DeVito eating oh yeah during the show and then brings him some dip well, yeah, exactly. that was my idea that was actually really? my idea i said let's get him some dip we ran back to the green room steve and no i way. and here's how nice steve martin is there's some like dress extra and she's putting dip and she's and he's standing there waiting and we're gonna go on to, and he won't there's a billion elbow her aside he's just waiting like she'll be done in a minute it'll be okay and I say, excuse me, we have to do this as a prop. It runs away. <laughs> oh Steve God. would never do that. He is totally a gent. Oh. I, of course, was, you know, <laughs> big, loud Jew moving around. You kind of have to be, though, to make things well, happen. Well, at a moment like yeah. that. But that was, we were, we were watching it uh, in the little cubicle that the host has off stage. We were watching it on the monitor. <laughs> yeah. And we were watching Danny, because Danny had, had brought, they all brought food. He had, you know, yeah. it was Bob, Bob Dylan was, was, it was on uh satellite from Australia mm-hmm. singing that song that he won for with right. uh, people are strange, you know, that yeah. song. and it's really upbeat. And yeah. so, and so they were cutting in, people were sitting in their seats and they were jiggling away. And Danny, I think had produced a movie that was nominated. That's why he was there uh, up front. And, uh, and he had, he pulled out a celery stalk. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. We have to serve it. Yeah. Oh, genius! That's, That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, who was your aside from Steve Martin? Any other favorites? Whoopi and, and Billy and uh, I had a good time with Letterman. Although he had a terrible time. Did he really? Oh, he hated it. Yeah, they really panned that one. I thought he was pretty good, but they he was the great. critics didn't like. He that. was great in the house. I mean, they, but uh, the critics didn't like him at all. They didn't like the Oprah Uma Uma Oprah well, thing. Yeah. And... You know, I, I told him it was a bad idea when he. I said, <laughs> "What was the, what was the bit?" I'm sorry. Uh, that was basically the bit. Was he introduced yeah. Oprah? All, Oma Thurman was there because she was nominated for Pulp Fiction, and yeah. and Oprah was there because she's Oprah, and <laughs> uh, and he said, "So many stars here tonight." Oprah Uma. Do you know each other? Oprah Uma Uma Oprah. Oprah Uma and he just you know <laughs> kept doing it and of course they you know uh, and you could just see like this is nice but I didn't come here to make have you make 
fun of my name, TV boy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm here because I might win an Oscar. So um, it was, I said, this is probably not the, not the, not the smartest thing to do. And, and of course, that was the imp of the perverse. That, that he said, now I'm going to do it. Right. And Rob Burnett, who was his longtime writer, mm -hmm. uh, wrote it and, and gleefully takes credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you find that that uh, people, some that hosts sometimes think they're like oh, i'm i'm the funniest guy in the room i'm gonna yeah. write i'm gonna write my you know my own stuff and then it doesn't go as well well as not if they're smart they, but yeah. i mean at a certain point you have to know who you are and, and have your own confidence and sure to, to do what's right but i mean when, when somebody gives you earnest advice i mean they're you know not trying to torpedo you they're trying to help so right. um i mean I, I tell a story about steve we had a joke um that we all loved for him to do coming out of the monologue. Mm -hmm. He was going to say, um, I have good news and bad news about the monologue. I've just, found, I've just been told. Uh, the bad news is my fly was open throughout the entire <laughs> monologue. The good news is the camera puts on 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that's a great joke. We've got to do that joke. And then he thought, I can't do it. It's a cock joke. I said, yeah. not a cock joke. It's a... It's a camera joke. Yeah. And everybody yeah. knows the camera. It's an industry crowd and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And so finally he agreed he would do it. And as we were going on, he turned to me and he said, I can't do I can't it. Do it. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I turned to the stage manager and I said, we're cutting the cock joke. And the stage <laughs> manager said uh, into what he unfortunately was a live microphone, the cock joke has been cut. <laughs> and everybody, you know, I could see Judy Dench going, cock joke? That was a cock joke. <laughs> Uh, now, do you have oh, some jokes that you remember that you wrote that didn't make the air? Like any favorites? Oh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of. Um, well, this goes back quite a ways. Please go back. Um, <laughs> it was the year uh, Richard Gere was presenting, mm -hmm. and uh, Billy was hosting, and there was a movie called An American Tale. Yeah, which yes. was the story of Five the Mouse. Yes, the Mouse. Yeah, and. Uh, so the joke was uh, Richard Gere was going to present with Fievel, but Fievel backed out. <laughs> and we were going to. The, the network censor, Mrs. Mrs. Futterman, cleared it and uh, said, fine. And, uh, and it was in. We were going to do it. And then we're, we were sitting there. And here's, you know, how the, uh, the Oscars were. There are like. Uh, at the time, there were like 14 cameramen crawling yeah. <laughs> all over the theater. And the place was lit like a soundstage. Yeah. And if you're sitting there and you're not nominated for something and you're you know well-known and mm. you see one of these cameramen crawling up the aisle towards you and, yeah. and setting up your shot, you know that something is going to be said about you. Yes. And right. so we're in the wings and we're looking at all the, the monitors and we're looking at Richard and, and – there's a guy on Richard's face, and that means there's a guy kneeling in the aisle right there, in just front of shooting him. him yeah. and, uh, and Richard, like, color had drained from his face <laughs> because yeah. he knew there was about to be a joke about yeah. him, and he had a good idea of what it was going to be yeah. about because right. that was that all. Was every, that was, it was everything yeah. at yeah. the time. And so Billy just said, well, look at the guy. He's going to have a heart attack. I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't oh, do this to him. He's too good a person. And so we, we cut it and we didn't use it. Nobody but, said on the, on the microphone, the gerbil and the, the ass joke. Got the, the, right. the five old joke is backed out. Uh, no, that was uh, that was one of those once in a lifetime slips you live for. 
That's amazing. Uh, uh, any uh, any other one you want to throw out there? No, no. Well, you know, things. I mean, sometimes you see something on the show and you'll say, "How did that happen?" Because um, some you'll you'll want to say something and you realize you're following something very serious and mm-hmm. it's a mistake to try and make fun of it. Yeah. There was uh, a, a, a woman accepting an award and she was wearing a weird dress with pom-poms on it and she the last thing she said which nobody backstage heard was uh to thank her son who had committed suicide or it was something it was yeah. as horrible as it can be yeah. and out comes whoever it was john stewart or somebody to make a joke about the dress yeah you know and you're like, oh it's just, well oh, because he, and he thought why because he didn't hear it he didn't hear yeah. it i mean well that was funny that her dress was funny what do you mean <laughs> yeah. and then but he's just well, digging deeper he, and deeper. well he just he didn't go that was in his mind he didn't yeah. fortunately he didn't go for savers you know he just yeah. moved right along and yeah. uh, to the next thing now so who are some of the the weirder hosts you've worked with franco I mean, generally, Simo Franco. <laughs> that's a bad. That's a bad. Yeah, James a bad Franco. One. James Franco. He was real because he he was. Uh, yeah, it's he's not not in his comfort zone. And, yeah. Uh, um, it was him and Hathaway. It was him and Hathaway, and Anne Hathaway is a precision instrument, and it was a bad. It was a weird combination. It was yeah. a weird combination, and and yeah, and, and it never it never worked. And um, it always seems weird when somebody is on that. Sometimes people like you see people do this on yeah. on the Oscars or, or even on the Tony Awards where. They go up on stage and they try to pretend that they're not standing on stage right, in front yeah. of like a hundred mm-hmm. bajillion people. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel right. It's like, yeah. that's why whenever it's, Billy did it or when Robin did it. or that's, you know, Those guys who are used to doing that every night, who know who they are when they walk out on stage. Right. Those are the ones who make good hosts. The ones who are, who are actors who have to play a role make lousy hosts because mm-hmm. they don't. They don't do that. They don't know how to do it if they're not in character. So you find somebody who has a stage persona already. I used to say years ago, you have to know who you are when you're on stage. Shirley MacLaine knows who she is. She knows who she was. Mm -hmm. So it makes it much easier. But then people have forgotten that Shirley is as crazy as she is. Um, Can we, uh, um, before we we wrap things up, uh, which I, I would... I could stay with you forever. I could, wow. We could hang out all day. Um, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Comic Relief because it was ah, such yeah. an enormous, enormous uh, ordeal. And it, it really <laughs> like changed so many people's lives. Yeah, and it was great. did so much was, good for so many people. Um, and, and you got to work with, you know, with Robin and with Whoopi Robin and, and Billy and, and, and Whoopi. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was a response to uh, the Reagan administration, which was cutting welfare programs and cutting, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, shelter programs. There was that was when we first noticed there was a homeless problem. Was when that Republican administration put people on the street. Yeah. So it was a response to that. There were the comics just coming in saying uh, um, that we've got to take care of these homeless people because the government won't do it anymore. Wow. And uh, it was uh, Chris Albrecht, who was running HBO at the time, took it to his heart, and his his college roommate Bob Zamuda organized comic relief and and it became a thing we did 12 of them and the last uh yeah it kind of uh, it petered out in a way because uh the uh, the activist community got much more uh got got larger mm-hmm. from the day from the time we started mm-hmm. there were so many causes and so many uh, charities springing up and people you know taking various causes and and making them their own personal things uh that there wasn't a lot of money left over 
that, yeah. that you couldn't go on yeah. the, do a telethon and and really raise enough money. So the last one we did, I think, was for Katrina. We didn't even do it for the homeless. We mm-hmm. did it in New Orleans and Vegas simultaneously, wow. and it was specifically for uh, for um, Katrina victims um, because it was it just became kind of so. And then yeah. the Democrats came in, and more money began coming out, <laughs> and the homeless problem was actually being dealt with by government. And sure. uh, so, yeah. if there had been you know, an, a younger version of Billy Robin and Whoopi who wanted to to take it up. Yeah, but sure. you know that that didn't emerge. Yeah, they had other interests, or you know, they just you know, they were growing in a different way. So, yeah, what was it like working with uh, with Robin? Oh, he was wonderful. I mean, he was brilliant and funny. And I used to say I would write stuff and I'd throw it in the cage, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, would, you know, he would devour it. And then he would do it on stage. And then a lot of what we did was just sitting and taping a conversations. And and you know improving if I dare say that mm-hmm. word in this building, uh, and <laughs> yeah, th- and sure. then he would do it on stage, and you, people would say he's so spontaneous, and I'd say yes, the first time, yeah. which yeah. is the definition <laughs> of spontaneity. Right. But then he would take it and he would embroider it, and and by the time you saw it, most of the time on a, on a HBO show or something, it was some stuff that he had done that he had really worked on. But he was, uh, I found him to be. Uh, brilliant and bubbly and fun and i know he was tortured and i know you know i I spent a lot of time with him during his high coke period and he would get into into profound moods and i never realized he was as depressed as he was but i I have to confess like a lot of people i didn't see him a lot in the last few years Mm -hmm. uh um after the heart attack and the the divorce and the, the new wife um uh he Part of what he did was kind of isolate himself up there in San Francisco on that on that island yeah. with with her and um, and and emerge when he when he wanted to. I just know that he was uh, the sitcom he did with Sarah Michelle Gellar. He was uh, was a heartbreaker because uh, he really worked very hard on it. And I thought he was hysterical. I thought he was yeah. great. Yeah, he was, yeah. Wonder, he was, was wonderful. Really, the cast really on that show was amazing. It was, and I have a feeling that it didn't come back because it was uh, an expensive show. Yeah, like, and you know when you have that kind of expense, you have to the, justify it in the returns. When if you have a, they had another show. Margot Martindale was on the Millers, I think it was. Called. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. cost them a lot less to make, yeah, it was and cheap. was getting the same numbers. Yeah. yeah, and you know when you're talking, to, I mean, to a network, you're talking to numbers crunchers. Yeah, and the, the the tricky part about that show too was that it was. Uh, like in the first episode, they were like, we're going to make the brands because it was a show about mm. advertising executives. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they decided to make the brands real brands. Yeah. Right. So the first episode was all about writing a, a new jingle for McDonald's. Yeah. And then right. it was like, now we're going to do an episode about Target. Now yeah. we're going to do an episode <laughs> yeah. about Best Buy. And That's why like, there was a girl in my acting classes on the show because she was one of the Victoria's yeah. Secret girls on the yeah. show. And it's every, also, like, every single person yeah. that's on that show is currently, I believe, on a series right now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. they have their own they series. Have, they, 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 that's true. Yeah. The, guy, the, the star of Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hot guy whose name I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what's this? Uh, Link letters. Uh, Link letters on that was on that show too. Hamish. Oh, Hamish. Hamish. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think that also with Robin's brand, you know, he was. It's it's hard to get older and do that stuff to be fast and, you know, I mean, it's and it's hard to reinvent yourself and it's not, you know he's not the alone in that. I mean, that happens to a lot of people. I remember when we were actually doing uh, Donnie and Marie Lucille Ball did one last series. Whoa. 
called Life with Lucy, where yeah. she was a yeah. grandmother, and she was trying to do all this physical stuff, and the audience would kind of gasp, like, she's going to yeah. hurt herself. Ooh, you know, it was like she couldn't be Lucy Ricardo anymore. Yeah. It was, it, Lucy Ricardo had to be a younger woman. It's kind of like, you know, Roger Moore couldn't be James Bond mm -hmm. because there was no way the audience would believe James Bond could do the stuff that, that he was doing right. when it was Roger Moore yeah. at 50 <laughs> right. doing that stuff. And, and that's, you know, they age out. Because yeah. James Bond has got to be James Bond. Yeah. Well, listen, before we before we wrap up here, if we don't mention this, we're a couple assholes. And we're not. <laughs> we're not a couple assholes. We, there's three of us. There's three exactly. of us. Exactly. And yeah. none of us and are assholes. Skinny, well, I'm kind of an he's asshole. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But he's like, right. my favorite, he's like my favorite kind of asshole. He's my asshole, which is um, – Hollywood Squares, That's, Center Square. That was deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I tell people that. They go, they go, Matt Walker, he's such an asshole. I go, yeah, but he's my asshole. Yeah. I get I get to hear him say horrible Sorry. things about me all the time. It's like Constantly. you know, yeah. Um we we just just to give you an idea. We just had this movie come out. This movie Storks came out. Yeah, right. Um Storks, what is Stork, that about? It's a movie from Warner Brothers. It's, okay, I know, I know, I know. I know. But um when the movie was coming out and we were waiting for billboards and stuff, Secret Life of Pets, their billboards were everywhere, and me and Matt drive around all the time together. Yeah. He picks me up and we go yeah. everywhere. And we're driving around, he'd go, Hey, look, it's the best animated movie of the year. <laughs> Secret Life of Pets. They're not gonna make a better movie. With animals this year, yeah. just do it every every single time. time. Every time, yeah, he's the he's the he's the best and the worst. I would uh, send him text messages late at night, like, "Hey, check it out! Secret Life of Pets is playing at 10 p.m. at the Arc Light. Do you want to go? <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> Hollywood Squares, yeah. Center Square. Yeah. You have yeah. to you got to tell us about working on Hollywood Squares. Well, yeah. It What's was, that set? What's the set like? What's that place like? Well, it was, it's like a you know fire you escape. Like, Jim J. Bullock. It's like you could do West Side Story on that set. Was Jim J. Bullock the one? Immediately no, Jim J. Bullock was in the eighties with Joan Rivers, yeah. and uh, this was in the nineties. Whoopi. Whoopi. That's right. Whoopi was on. before. They yeah. asked me to be the head writer, and then Whoopi said uh, he should be on the show, and uh, he should he should be the host. Yeah. And they thought, oh well. They hired Tom Berger on. She's crazy, and but they didn't want to piss her off that early, so they, <laughs> right. they tested me mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of other guys, you know, with, with perfect teeth and mm -hmm. you know builds. And, <laughs> right. and, and this is yeah. for the win, Louise. And, <laughs> uh, and they said, "Well, you know, you're not exactly host material, but we like we like your energy. We'd like to put you in the square." So they put me in the square next to Whoopi, and I realized <gasps> I was there because they thought I could tame her. Oh, you know, the, the, like oh, I would, yeah. would yeah. you know, not doable. And uh, and besides, we discovered that uh, that she's really, you know, a gay man, and I'm really a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As anybody who slept with me will tell you. <laughs> so uh, it was just we had this little alliance going on, and uh, it was it was fabulous fun. And it, we we did uh, we only did 36 days a year shooting. Mm -hmm. oh we would do it on weekends. We do five. We do the whole week in the in it. We come in in the morning and do three and then take lunch with a lot of wine and so the the, <laughs> the, the, the second afternoon shows were but they were the, the ones that would air on Thursday and Friday yeah. and and the audience that watches at home by Thursday and Friday they were just as loose as we were so, <laughs> yeah. so they, it was it was fine they were having it, uh, it was a, a, a fabulous experience um, the, what, what uh, were some of the lines that got you in trouble or were uh, there... in trouble <laughs> you know I didn't no lines got I don't think uh, uh I remember I had a, a T-shirt, of course. I you know wear T-shirts, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I had one that was the the uh, FedEx logo, mm -hmm. and it said FedSex. When you when you absolutely 
have to have it overnight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, oh, FedEx, FedEx is going to sue. <laughs> I said, it's parody, you know, it's like it's yeah. parody. They said, yeah, but we appropriated it. I said, that's part of the parody. I said, it's, you know, yeah. and, and they're never going to really sue. They yeah, were no. just going to, they just They'd want this to go away. Because yeah. right. their lawyers are bigger than your lawyers. So we had to pixelate the thing, which of course made everybody <laughs> yeah. suddenly they were writing in, yeah. yeah. calling, saying, "What was the what was the filthy thing on his shirt?" <laughs> yeah, so and great. all that. It was it was a fascinating experience because you would get like the guy from Little Rock who ran the show on his station would call up uh, the network affiliate, the uh, syndicated affiliate guy, and say. Uh, he's funny. Why does he have to be so gay? And oh and God. Whoopi would say they she gets the same thing. Why does she have to be so black? She's, can't wow. she be like you know like so black like Diane so Carroll? Black. Can't she be like a little less black? Uh, so it was it was. But I will tell you, uh, uh, I have many favorite moments. But um, we used to have we would uh, give a, away a car mm-hmm. or a big trip. Yeah. at the end of the thing, and. Um, uh, one day there was a guy, uh, um, his name was Tyrone, and he was from Compton, and he he won. And uh, he was the night watchman at the Wells Fargo Bank in Compton. Wow. And he won a trip to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> and when he won the whole, you won a trip to Israel, yeah. and the audience went, <gasps> <laughs> and, he, and there was a place where, Israel? That's all I want to go to Israel for. And started in. And Whoopi, of course, yeah. got all black. She said, Tyrone, it's the promised land. It's the holy land, Tyrone. And suddenly it was a revival meeting. And we had a guy, um, uh, we had a guy, a Puerto Rican guy who had won on the previous day's show. Uh, he had won a trip to Puerto Rico. <laughs> So he swapped. He wanted to go to Israel. Wow. So he went to Israel, yeah. and, and 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 Tyrone Everyone went to Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, uh, <laughs> as a writer, you've written on a lot of things, and we've all had this happen. I know where we've written a joke, and you're sure it's going to be the funniest thing on the entire show. Yeah. And you do it, and it's just death. Uh, yes. Like, uh, what's, oh yeah. Is it's there like, anything it, that stands out in your mind? Like there was something you were oh, like, yeah. "This is going to be great," and then it just <laughs> oh, died. Yeah. yeah. On the Oscars one year, um, the theme we had a producer, Gil Cates, who loved themes, and the theme was women. And uh, it was the year of the woman, and it was not the year of the woman. There was, you know, nothing. Um, uh, it was the year, actually, of Basic Instinct. Oh, okay. And so the joke that Billy had was, uh, um, it's interesting if this is the year of the woman because uh, um, the the biggest part uh, of any woman this year was yeah. Sharon Stone and yeah. Basic Instinct, and which was you know funny because yeah. you know she crosses yeah. her legs mm-hmm. and flashes her beaver, and and uh, unfortunately it followed a heartbreaking clip reel of famous women in movies. (laughs) And at the end of it, the audience was in tears and he comes out with this twat joke. (laughs) And it was like the Hindenburg. It just, it disintegrated in front of us. It was an awful moment. That's amazing. You know, but I have to say, and then of course they cut to Sharon who was kind of going, yeah, yeah. You know, right. Like this is what's wrong with Hollywood. Is <laughs> yeah, right. making a twat <laughs> joke, and uh, um, and then and he he said uh, Billy did, uh, did something. I mean, he just, just well, moving on. I mean, he, was, he didn't <laughs> yeah. linger. He didn't yeah. try to do any savers or anything. He again just yeah. moved right along. But it was a horrifying moment. And <laughs> and uh, you know, it was all uh, we we all it was all our faults because we hadn't we hadn't seen the uh, 
the movie. We'd seen the the movie in rehearsal once, and but it didn't have the effect on us that yeah. it had on the audience. Sure, sure. Because they were much more invested in the idea of doing a show about women, but it really wasn't. I mean, those themes were always sort of yeah. grafted on, like, like you know, it's a way to make one show different from the next, which mm-hmm. is what the movies do every year. They're different movies. Well, yeah. Bruce, uh, you're a trailblazer in this business. <laughs> you, uh, mm-hmm. but you are like still a force of nature to be oh, reckoned okay. with. And every right. anybody that is lucky enough to get to work with you or get to hang out and uh, and, and chat with you, I wow. I met you. Uh, f- uh, first time I met you was in uh, the the ArcLight Cinema in an elevator. Oh, uh, right, for like right, four right. seconds, yeah. I was wearing a funny T-shirt. You were wearing a funny T-shirt. We shared a moment. By yes, the way, sir. you need to start a T-shirt company if you don't already. You have know, one. I had I had one for a minute, but you know, it's just, it's just they don't people don't spend money on that enough. Well, because <laughs> I know because I keep trying to find new T-shirt companies online <laughs> right. so, as a customer, and yeah, they just yeah. keep. They'll go belly up. You've right. been to T Fury. You go to T Fury. T Fury T-shirt hell is my favorite. Oh, T-shirt mm-hmm. hell is great. T-shirt too. hell is brilliant. T-shirt hell makes onesies. Yeah, for, and baby hell. Mm-hmm. Is there is the child the division and uh, <laughs> I get them every time friends of mine have babies I get them the oh, ones that's great. it says they shake me. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's awesome. I love it. Well, listen, uh, it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on the show you. to sit and yeah. chat with a, just a couple of schmucks. Um, where what's uh, where can people find you if they want to look you up or look at things? Do they you can, Instagram, Twitter, any of these things? Uh, no, well, yeah, it's sort of. We got Bruce.com is the, probably the best place, uh, <laughs> and unless they you know see me on Facebook, I am there. But there's there are like six Bruce Valanches. So do you use, <laughs> do you ever use Twitter or Instagram? Any no, other I stuff? twat not. I find no. <laughs> <laughs> people, you know, people hire me to write that. Yeah, tweet, yeah, so you don't I, need to be putting I, I, that no, stuff up yeah, free. No You're way. reading his stuff, but it's not under his name. Absolutely. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Uh, Mike, where can people find you in the world? Uh, at Mike Black Attack for all social media. You bet. Right. Well, Matt, where yeah, about you? Uh, you can find me funnymat.com. I got links to everything. Or if you're annoyed by me, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. I don't think... <laughs> I'm the only one that hates <laughs> you. You're the only one who to submits things. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, of course, you get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N, Glickman on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, this has been the Nighttime Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave comments on the iTunes and all the that jam and all that jazz and all that jelly and jam. Uh, we adore you, Bruce. You're Thank incredible. You. Thank Thanks you. a lot, Bruce Blanche. Thanks so for being fun. here. Oh.